Hi everyone, it's Jen DeWall, and I am so excited to bring our next guest on, Meg Gluth-Bohan. Meg and I had a great conversation about her success story, her message to you, which is where you are is the perfect place to start. You might be feeling down, unmotivated, feeling like things are stacked against you or not sure how you're going to pursue another opportunity, change careers, take a different approach to a challenge that you're facing. And that's what Meg and I will talk about today. But let me tell you a little bit more about Meg. Meg and Gluthbowen's success was far from guaranteed. Born in rural Iowa, she lived a childhood marked with the experience and trauma of poverty and faced poor opportunities for advancement. She failed out of college, struggled with alcoholism, and experienced great personal tragedy at her lowest points. Yet, thanks to her own commitment to self-accountability, as well as compassion from those around her, Megan rose from rock bottom and rewrote her story. After completing law school, Megan became the owner and CEO of Tri International Inc., a leading U.S.-based raw material and chemical services provider. She is dedicated to the study of leadership and creating a supportive workplace culture. And now she's using her story to help other leaders and leaders to be achieve their visions while keeping their heads firmly on their shoulders. I hope you enjoy Megan and I's message to you all about how you can write your own success story. Here we go. Meg Gluth-Bohan, welcome to the Leadership Habit Podcast. I am very excited for today's conversation on how to achieve your goals and dreams. I think this is that fall reset message that a lot of people really need to hear to snap back in, to wake up. And thank you for being here on the show today to help people activate their passion towards their goals and dreams because we get lost. But Absolutely. Before- Yeah, it makes me sad every time we get lost because we all have so much potential that we forget about. (laughs) Could you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience? I know I loved meeting you during our pre-call. I might be borderline. I'm a fanatic, um, a fangirl. I'm not sure what you want to say, but I loved our pre-call and I'm just glad to have this conversation. But tell our audience a little bit more about you because I know that they will fall in love with you as well. Awesome. Jen, the feeling is totally mutual. And I, I think I'm looking forward to the next uh, little bit of time, 45 minutes to an hour, whatever it is that we get to be together. Um, my name is Meg Gluth-Bohan. I'm the CEO and owner of TR International and Kemblend of America, two separate companies for a little while longer, uh, which will soon be merged into one and renamed and rebundled. I live with my wife and two beautiful daughters in uh, Washington State, uh, just north of Seattle, a suburb of Seattle, and that's where I headquarter my business from as well. Um, We have business all over the world, actually, uh, have headquarters in in the Seattle area and then a manufacturing plant in the Chicago area. I hail from the Midwest. I grew up in Northeast Iowa and am a graduate of the University of Minnesota, go Gophers, uh, for my bachelor's degree. And a graduate of the University of St. Thomas for my law degree. Um, and then I, I transplanted from the, the Midwest to the Pacific Northwest. And for anybody wondering, do I mind the rain? Not at all. I don't shovel it. So I feel pretty good about it, to be honest. 
I love that. And yes, we're getting ready for shovel season here in Denver. But Mike, we're talking about such an important topic, you know, how to achieve your goals and dreams. I think so many people need to hear this message today. So turn it up, stay tuned, because you owe it to yourself to keep pursuing your dreams. But how did you become passionate about helping people, you know, write their own success story? Why is this a passion of yours? It's only recently become. I, I I don't even know if passion is the right word. It feels to me like an internal imperative, like I'm thrust forward into this um, desire to help people. First of all, get comfortable with exactly where they're at and accepting of themselves exactly where they're at and then move forward. And I would say that part of my work right now, I mean, I'm an introvert, right? And, and I think a lot of times you have... Um, executives and business and things like that, who will tell you that, like, you know, we expend so much energy in our work doing extroverted things, but at our core, who we are is introverts. And so for me to also then add this element of like, okay, I want to go out into the world and I want to help people and I want to help people move forward and do that. That requires a little bit of sort of stepping out into something that maybe I'm not necessarily comfortable with. So it's more than following a passion for me. It's, it's, I feel so sort of thrown forward, impaled on this goal of, of helping people achieve a sense of, of pride in themselves and then sort of the giddy up to move forward. Yeah, that's self-love and self-belief mm-hmm. to go out and ignite it. You know, I know that you have a key message that you want our audience to hear as it relates to where they're at right now. What's that message you want to bring to our audience? Where you are is the perfect place to start. What do you That's mean the key. by that, Meg? What do you mean by that? <laughs> Listen. What if I don't like where I am right now? <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I think all of life is, first of all, learning to stand in exactly where we're at and accept it, right? And acceptance is probably the hardest thing that I still work on to this day. Acceptance of what is. That doesn't mean you have to like it. That doesn't mean that you have to endorse it. That doesn't mean that you even have to be proud of yourself in this moment. But to be truthful with yourself is powerful. It's more powerful than being proud of yourself because people who are truthful with themselves can move in any direction they want to move with intention and with purpose and actually get there. And pride in yourself is important and it's good to have self-love and confidence and all of that. I'm not knocking that, but none of that comes until you're standing in truth because you won't even be really proud of yourself unless you're proud of who you truly are. Right. And yeah. And so I have this life's message, this life mission of saying where you are is the perfect place to start. The first part of that is knowing exactly where you are. Uh, And maybe we dive into like some of the things that prevent us from living in our truth, such as acknowledging maybe that you own the responsibility for your outcomes in life. What are some of the, the truths that you you know, would love people to explore, to really step into, because I think there's obviously so much shame and we don't want to see it, but what are some of the truths that you see that people could benefit from really owning? You know, I think before I even say that, I think it's best if I back up a little bit and I want to start by saying that I don't come to you all today from a place of like, oh, I have all this crap figured out and I'm just, you know, I've achieved the pinnacle of, you know, laying down every night and you know, meditating on the words of the Dalai Lama himself. Like I'm not, that's not where I'm at. And that's not where I started. I, I 
I mentioned that I grew up in a small town in Northeast Iowa. I did. I grew up below the poverty line. I grew up with a lot of um, <laughs> a few things that would add to my ACEs score, if anybody is familiar with that, the Adverse Child Experiences score. I had a few of those on my on my list. And so I grew up in a space that if you were to look at me and pick me up out of a lineup when I was 10 years old, you wouldn't have picked where I stand today there. In fact, I think most people would have really stacked the odds against me. Even I would bet against me looking at where I was and, and frankly, who I was. I had no, um, no real sense of self. Uh, even from a young age. And, and part of that comes from from growing up in some of the circumstances that I did. It's really hard to hold anybody accountable for that. I think that's just part of what is sometimes when you grow up in pro- poverty, when there's some trauma, when there's some difficulty in, in your young life. And the way that I began to deal with that, um, there's several ways I began to deal with that. We could talk for hours about, you know, codependency and people pleasing. We could talk for hours about feeling like I need to control everything around me and make sure everybody is okay except for myself. Um, And we can also talk about the fact that I started to use alcohol and drugs as a way to cope with my my feelings or or not even, frankly, knowing that much, just to escape, frankly. And, um, And it's an interesting sort of story that then results in me going to college and being kicked out of college, not asked to leave so much as kicked out because I was prior to prioritizing um, my really bad coping mechanisms over my education. And so you can't spend too much time on academic probation before you're asked to leave. And thus began a really humbling time in my life where I'm having to put myself back together and prove to a school that I should be allowed to come back and, and attend college. And I did that and I uh, applied for law school. Um, And again, I'm giving you like the very like, you know, we could spend hours in each of these, but I'm going to give you the 30,000 foot view. I get accepted to law school. I find out shortly before law school is going to start that I don't have the financial aid package to pay for it. And and a friend's dad co-signed on my law school loans to help me get an education. That man right there, following an imperative inside of him changed my life. He changed the entire trajectory of my life in that one act. And while I was in law school, um, my first wife at the time was diagnosed with uh, cancer and uh, she passed away uh, on Christmas Eve soon after I graduated. And obviously that spun me out into um, more of my addiction, more of my uh, sort of unfaced demons and and all of the the crap that comes with not having the skills, frankly, to process grief, grief in many forms, right? Mm-hmm. Like grief leading back all the way. Um, and so where I find myself standing today was hard fought. And where I find myself standing today is pretty great. And I really like where I'm standing today. But it's important that people know that some of my starting places were really ugly places. And I wasn't proud of who I was and I wasn't doing the right thing, but I had to start there. And um, I think that's why I keep hammering the where you where you are is the perfect place to start, because it is perfect. Even if you don't feel perfect about it, it is a perfect place to start. Yes. 
thank you for, you know, sharing that a tremendous amount of what we would say. Yeah, the thing this, the cards were stacked against you. A lot of reasons to give up, a lot of reasons to say, why bother? And yet there was that choice that you gave yourself, even in the midst of maybe self-judgment, how did I get here, that you still gave yourself the option to choose, to begin again. I mean, that is so incredibly important. And it's often a choice, and I'm tearing up as I say this, that we don't give ourselves. Um, and I'm curious why you think we don't give ourselves that. Is that because we're we're looking around? Because even if someone saw you on paper, if they went to LinkedIn and looked at your bio, they would say, wow, Meg has it all figured out. There's no way I can't be that because everyone else somehow has the playbook for life. And I was just missing it. No one gave me a copy. And why do you think people don't even give themselves the option to see that choice? Is that we can't see it? Maybe that's what it is, is that we can't even see it because we're so bogged down in shame and self-judgment. You hit the nail on the head with the word shame, right? And I, I, shame is a lot of things. And there's been a lot of, you know, Brene Brown has done an amazing job talking about shame and there's so much about it. But I would say that at fundamental core, shame served in my life as like a really dark blanket covering my vision even my vision of myself. And it took me a long time to not believe my shame story about who I was. And what's terrible, and and a lot of people have this experience, is that sometimes when you have that shame story, you also have developed that because there's people around you who reinforce that. And those people are comfy and they are known and some of them are really hard to jettison and get rid of. And so their voice becomes your own internal voice and you don't have self-trust, right? And so I think I needed people and I still have people in my life. This is ongoing work. You don't arrive and then, oh my gosh, I'm at the top of this life pyramid and I don't need this. I still need people that speak light and truth into my life and into my own shame and into my own darkness. And what I do better now than I did when I was a kid is I pick those people better. And I listen to my gut when I meet those people. Okay, this is a person who will speak truth in a light way for me and and lead me out of the darkness of myself versus this is somebody who carries a title or this is somebody who carries whatever. And I'm just going to go ahead and trust them because that's what I ought. Right. And, And I think that's been a really important development for me as a person. Yeah. Giving yourself permission to have boundaries of the people that will bring you up and bring you joy or empower you or believe in you and letting go of the ones that are going to maybe not intentionally, but destroy you or lead you astray. So where you are is the perfect place to start. That's, I mean, your message is just foundational. I I hope that people are writing this down and just starting to anchor it because we're going to dive into what are the myths about success? Where you are is the perfect place to start. What are the lies that we've been maybe believing about success that are not allowing us to actually start? I'm going to be super blunt here. And then if you have like the the bleep sound for your podcast, but the number <laughs> one myth is that we have to have our shit together before we start. And uh, I say it like that because that's who I am. I, you know, for better or for worse, I just kind of tell it like it is without a lot of sugarcoating on it. But I believed for a long time, and I know a lot of people do, that as soon as I if your life goal is to get your health in order, well, as soon as I lose these 10 pounds, then I'm going to start exercising. As soon as I uh, finish this degree, I'm going to start my business. As soon as my business reaches a thousand dollars, I'll call myself a success. Like whatever it is, we have this as soon as moment. 
And that's okay to look at that moment as like, oh, maybe this is a a lesson to myself about a goal, a place I want to go, a thing I want to achieve. It's so instructive to you, but it's a complete and total lie that you have to achieve that before you start. And so I think that that's the number one thing that we keep telling ourselves. I, I have to have all of my shit in a pile before I can go ahead and, and move in the world as somebody who is successful, as somebody who is driven, as somebody who's going someplace bigger for myself. And so that is the number one thing. The second thing that I think we tell ourselves is that I am not enough of whatever it is you need for your goal. But, but, but it all comes down to I'm not enough. So number one, I got to have it all together. And number two, I'm not enough anyway. It's a horrible dyad to to have in your mind for trying then to move yourself forward. You are enough because if you weren't enough, you wouldn't have the vision. You wouldn't have the dream. You wouldn't have the goal. Nobody is given any vision for themselves that they do not have the capacity to reach. And I think that's so, so important because you have that vision. You have that capacity. You are enough. And you can start from right where you are for whatever that is. And then the third thing that I think we get hung up in is that we think what I want or my vision is not enough. It's not good enough. It's not shiny enough. It's not what other people are doing. My friends told me that instead of aiming to be X, I should try and be Y. Like, So you've got these three things, right? I have to have it all together first. I'm not enough. And then where I think I want to go isn't enough. And all of those three things working together or even separately is enough to just kill your engine before you even start it up. Yeah. Who would want to wake up? I mean, and how heavy, if you think about those as language in the form of a backpack that you have to carry around, how heavy is that? And there's no motivation when I feel bogged down by the fact that I am not enough and I'll never figure it out. And even if you are there right now, going back to Meg's message, where you are is the perfect place to start. Maybe this is your opportunity to even see a vision you never allowed yourself to have for whatever reason you did it. So how do you begin to practice this? How do you begin to maybe start this process? Is it just along of, you know, is it the self-talk and the mindset piece? Is it getting control of your environment? Where do you recommend people start to actually start to embody that? You know what? I can start here. I, you know, I'm not here yet. It doesn't matter because I am here and this is where I can start. What, what's your advice for how we actually move it forward now? I think, listen, I'm not a, a guru and I don't have all the answers, but my my primary advice would be to start with that vision. I think you said something a few minutes ago that was really telling, right? You have this vision that you don't allow yourself to reach. I think it's so important to say, I have this vision. It's for me. The universe, the universal energy, whatever it is, whatever it is that you believe in, you would not be having that vision, that dream, that goal if it wasn't for you. We don't get other people's visions. We get our own. And so I think it's so, so important to anchor, number one, to start in the, I am on this planet for some purpose. And whatever force sent me here is good, is loving, is the embodiment of that. Again, I'm not talking about if God is your thing, great. If universe is your thing, great. If, If quantum physics is your thing, great. 
Whatever that is, though, it's positive and it's for you. And that positive force that is for you, that sent you to this planet or or was the inertia behind how you got here, if that has given you a vision, it's for you. And you have everything you need in you to do that. Everybody should start right there. If, you, if all you do for the next 30 days is just wake up every day and say, this is for me and I have everything I need in order to do it. And you just get that locked in and you believe that you would be surprised what happens in your behavior as you move now with that energy. Right now, when I start to believe this vision's for me and I have everything I need in order to get it, I start to live differently. Yeah, I mean, I love the vision piece because we don't talk about it enough. I mean, one of my stories I um, that I share when I teach a specific class on like finding your purpose is how powerful visioning is that when I had done this, my first ever visioning exercise back in 2013, it was actually at a time that I was not where I wanted to be in my career. I would call it at that point in time, a career failure. Like Jen, you really missed the boat. You didn't get promoted. You didn't get to hear my mental health was at an all time low. Heck, I don't even know where confidence came from because I didn't have it. I felt like I was the worst person and that everyone else was successful except for me. I was in a job that I hated and I couldn't leave because they were paying for my master's at that point in time. And so I was just stuck. And then I did this visioning exercise and it was a one year from today type visioning exercise of like, okay, if I took myself out of like how miserable I am right now and just allowed myself to think about what could be. Doing that exercise and writing down a, where I want to be one year from today was a complete shift in my trajectory of where I am 10 years later. But I can tell you that when I wrote it, there was no way that that girl was initially believing in it because I was at an all-time low failure moment in my life. And I, I just have to share that because <laughs> I did start there with that yeah. vision. And if you're there right now, like this is a beautiful opportunity to start. Okay, I'm going to stop. I, that's just what came to me when you said vision, because I feel like I love that. It's okay to talk about when you're just really in it. And visioning was a powerful, powerful tool for me to open up the possibilities. Yes, I agree. And I think that we've even in culture, sometimes we take things that are sensible and good and for our benefit and we turn it into like a project, right? And for anybody who has anything in their past where they it's resulted in their life is like perfectionism or or this type A drive to feel like you need to please or, or whatever, then what happens is that we get this vision and then all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, now I'm supposed to sit down and I got to set five goals and I have to hold the vision in my mind and I got to make a vision board. And listen, all of that stuff is super useful if it speaks to you, like you should do that. But it's also possible that someone listening to this podcast right now is a mom in a kitchen with 10 kids. And her vision for this moment right now is she just has this quick flash of herself someday sitting and reading a book and sipping on a cup of coffee and feeling insane peace. That's enough. That's it. And if you had that vision, mom of 10, then that's for you and it's coming for you. And you have within your life the ability to create that moment. And if that's the only place you get to, if that's the top of your pyramid, that's enough. That was for you. The other thing about that is that sometimes when we have vision, we think that's the vision for my life and I have to make it happen. A vision can have a short-term purpose. Just envisioning yourself living someplace else doesn't mean that the place you imagined yourself living is where you have to go. 
It's the fact that it turned on that light within you that says, I don't want to live here anymore. And that vision gave you the opportunity to to look at something different. It is okay to pivot. It's okay for that vision to change. It's okay for all of that to, to be in flux and in flow. The important thing we're looking for you to do is to be in tune with what that's saying because it's telling you something that you want and need for yourself. And you need to be the person that chases that for yourself. No one else is going to do that for you. That's the hard part of this, right? No one owes you your happiness, your peace, your fulfillment. Like no one owes you that. So it's on you. And if you don't have it, that is also on you. And that's the super hard other side of this conversation, (laughs) right? right? (laughs) That's where we can have, because we could have a long conversation about that. You know, one of my favorite quotes, and I used to say it to my younger brother who I stepped in to help parent and, you know, he was super bright. And I said, Sean, no one's ever going to want your success more than you. And so you can be smart, but if you're not taking the actions, it doesn't matter. You're the one that has to put in the work. But I also love that you talked about the pivot because sometimes we might get it wrong. Sometimes you might have new information that leads you to a different possibility, a different vision. And you have to be giving yourself permission to always change, no matter how many people you told about the thing that you wanted to do, no matter how many things that you invested, who cares? Yes. Be a person who tells your people, and listen, you don't have to tell everybody what's going on either. Not everybody's Mm -hmm. entitled to your story. Okay. Like you don't need to tell people that your vision is changing. You don't owe anybody any of that except you and whatever force it is that's driving you forward. For me, I use the word universe or spirit or God a lot in my life. My development in vision has been to say, I am a person who follows what spirit shows me next. I don't always know what that is. I don't any longer spend any time. I used to getting spun up about the fact like, well, I I set myself up. I had this vision. I set myself. I made the goals. I did the thing. I checked it off the list. And this is what I got to do. No, that's not the purpose of this is for me to follow that where it leads. How does a person who grows up in rural Iowa end up in law school, end up running a chemical company? Hello. Like you don't do that because you planned that out or you visioned it. There's no way I could have visioned that. Right. So it's so important to people that that people understand like it's unique to you. But sometimes the lesson is just follow it. Trust yourself. You don't owe anybody an explanation about that either. Oh, my gosh. Preach. Because you don't owe anyone anything. You owe yourself. 100% your happiness. We get such a short time here. Hi, everyone. It's Jen. And I'm just coming to you because we need your help. Presscom International, the organization that hosts the Leadership Habit podcast that I proudly work for, is looking to expand their network of people that are committed to creating more ethical, engaging, and human leaders. Now, how is that relevant to you? Well, we're looking for referrals. Do you know someone that is interested in giving back and being an entrepreneur and owning their own business or that wants to make a difference and is passionate about leadership development? Well, I'm excited to share with you that Crestcom has just launched a referral program. If you know someone, maybe it's a past mentor or a boss that's interested in making a career change and wanting to leverage the knowledge and their experience in the classroom, send them our way. We have this new program and here's the scoop. We've designed an easy to use referral form available on crestcom.com forward slash referrals. And you can visit the site, submit your referrals and access all of the rules along with required terms and conditions. 
Here's the sweet spot of this. If you refer a successful candidate, we'll give you $2,500. Now we want to expand and make our mission even greater, but we can't do that without your help. So if you know someone that would be interested in becoming a franchisee for an amazing leadership development organization that wants to get into the classroom and make a difference, head on over to crestcom.com forward slash referrals today and help us impact your workplaces and the leaders that you work with. Here's the only caveat. Please note that this program is currently open to applicants based in the United States only. This begs the question then, because clearly what we're getting into is that your success, the perfect place to start is where you are. You know, anything that you want to do starts with getting into your own head and your mindset. And so, you know, from your perspective, I know we talked a little bit in the pre-call about even negative thought patterns. What are some ways that we can start to take control of our mindset or even overcome these negative thought patterns? Oh, what are they going to think of me? Oh, what if I fail? Oh, I'm still not this successful. What, if any tips might you have for how to get control of that mindset? I'm just going to say what works for me. Number one, I have a really good team of people around me that help me with that. So the first thing for me is ask for help. When I'm in a negative thought pattern, I ask for help. I have an amazing therapist. I have an amazing business coach and I have an amazing spouse. And then I have a super tight knit group of friends and family around me that I talk to about stuff. Ask for help. Now I'm saying ask for help to you right now today. And I have 10 things in my life I need help with right now. And I feel a little personal shame about asking for help with those things. So don't think for a minute that this is easy or that you ever master that, right? I haven't mastered it. And I have to just go do the hard thing, right? And and ask for help with these things that I need help with. And I will. And I will be, for lack of a better word, rewarded for that because people do want to help and they have wisdom and insight that they're going to give me. So I think changing a mindset pattern that you have is sometimes the first thing is recognizing like the energy that created this pattern in me might not be the same energy or consciousness that can get me out of it. Seek outside help with what it is. Tell someone the truth about what's going on in your head because they can help you. And if you get the gut feeling that they're not for you or that they're not giving you that they're not speaking positively into your life, move on, trust yourself. You know, you know who should speak into that. The second thing I would say is then to start to develop patterns and practices and disciplines in your life, which feed positive headspace. For me, I'm very careful about what I consume. I'm careful about what I consume in terms of social media. I'm careful about what I turn the television on and watch. I'm careful about what I listen to. I'm careful about what I eat. I eat foods that serve my health and my strength, and my energy. I am very disciplined about what I want my nighttime sleep to look like. I exercise, and I have a daily meditation practice, and I carve these things out for myself. This can be something that everybody uses. It can be something that only works for me. It doesn't matter. I found my things. And whatever you find that is your thing that helps adjust I think physiologically and biochemically and just energetically, what what feeds that place for good headspace, like whatever that is for you, you got to do that and you got to lean into that and make time for that. Those are sort of my starting areas. No, I love that. They're, you know, just as a reminder to find what works for you, but also, you know, even just, I think I might be losing my thought on this of where 
I was going to go, but just that repetitive thought pattern, you know, because on the pre-call, I, I want to bring this up because you shared Please. that this is iterative work. It's continuous work. Like, I mean, I, I even talk about confidence and it's never an end all journey. You don't ever reach the never. pinnacle of confidence so long as you're continuing to develop yourselves and take risks. But knowing that every single time that you're going to do something new, your brain might shock you into saying this can't work out. And on the pre-call, you talked about first thought, worst thought. Yeah. Can can you share? Because I I just loved that concept. And I think that people need to remember that sometimes our brain isn't always working for us. And we need yeah. to recognize that so we can reframe it. Yeah, I, I, it's so good. So remember that there's a difference between your head and your heart. And it's not to say that they don't work together well and, and things like that. But but your head is, my business coach always says, a highly evolved pattern-seeking device. Okay? So <laughs> so sometimes it's wrong. And when I was early in sobriety in, in AA, my sponsor said to me, first thought, worst thought. Or she'd just say, first thought, wrong. Whatever your default first thought that you go to, particularly in matters about yourself, it's probably wrong. And that might not be true for people who grew up in a completely like well-adjusted, they had secure attachment for 18 years and da-da-da-da-da. I don't know. I don't know what it is to be that. But some of us came up through the world with a, a sort of internal wiring system where we didn't develop positive things about ourselves in our head. We didn't develop the wiring to have the first thought we have about a situation or ourselves be for our good. So as an example, maybe you are presented with the opportunity to have a, a project which would lead to a promotion. If you have a certain internal wiring, your first thought is going to be, I'm not smart enough to do that. I don't have the capacity to do that. That first thought is wrong. It's wrong. You know how I know it's wrong. I don't know your circumstance. I don't know your boss. I don't know whatever. But no one would have brought that to you if they thought you weren't smart enough and you didn't have the capacity. You're the one that's wrong there. First thought, worst thought. Take it out. Set it aside. Give it a little lunch. Tell it to take a break. <laughs> and get into your heart and get into kind of the union of your head and your heart about who you really know yourself to be. And frankly trust that boss or that friend or whatever who's offering you that, maybe just a little bit more than you trust that first thought for a little bit. I'm not saying always and forever, but that's, you have to, you have to. You have to. And I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if they'll see the video of this, but like, obviously like that statement of even knowing like can bring tears to my eyes because I am a person and Again, we, you and I had similar but different, but different, you know, out, like upbringings. Yeah. And it creates a lot of negative thinking and a lot of like, you're never enough. You're not worthy. Everyone else is better. And if anyone listening has those thoughts, because it is a lifelong, I'm 40 and I still have to work through that negative trash. Give yourself permission to see it different because you owe it to yourself because you actually are better than that first thought. You're better than like anything that you've ever thought you couldn't be and you owe it to yourself and your happiness to believe in yourself. And I just, I don't know, I teared up because I, we never ever love ourselves in the way that we should. We typically shame ourselves into 
depression, anxiety, um, loneliness, you know, and it's, I've been there. I still go there and I'm that person on paper on the podcast that sounds so happy, but it is a journey to combat this thinking. And if that's you, it's okay. Because going back to Meg's message, where you are is the perfect place to start. Meg, any final thoughts to our audience? I think I cried two or three times during this podcast today, and I hope someone else was moved to think differently. But what would be some final thoughts, if anything, that you'd want to share with our audience? My my final thought is as we talk about this, like, first of all, you're not alone. I think I would go out on the limb and say most people are struggling with whatever it is you're struggling with. And I don't even know what you're struggling with, but I feel like we are all so much more alike than different on those things. You're not alone. You're not facing something that somebody else hasn't done, but you are worthy. And whatever is in you that compelled you to even listen to this podcast today might be the thing that's inside of you and knows you deserve better and is sort of dragging you behind it. And you need to follow that because it's a totally worthwhile endeavor. And I don't have it figured out myself and I don't know anybody who does, but the world is full of people who say they do. Yeah. It's You're a no lie. From them no either. One has a that's right. Out. It is a total that's right. lie. Don't You're no different. Misleading like that. <laughs> that's right. Don't. They don't have it figured out either. They're just better at tucking it in, but it's okay. And and where you are is really truly the perfect place to start. I really believe that. Oh my gosh, Mike. Thank you so much for our conversation. How can our audience connect with you, learn more about who you are, what you do? How do they get in touch? You should go to my website uh, and send a message through there. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes, but it's uh, megangluthbohan.com. I'm not a super huge fan of social media. So just so everybody listening knows, if you DM me or whatever, I just recently learned what DM means. Um, <laughs> so so do me a favor and, and come through the website and and recognize me for the Luddite that I am. But I'd love to hear from you. And I'd, I'd love to just be, just know I'm a, I'm a cheerleader. I am a cheerleader for all of you, whether yes. I know you or not. What's your website again? I think I might have missed you. Yeah, www.megangluthbohan.com. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Just remember everyone, you're going to exit this podcast and listen to Meg's message where you are is the perfect place to start. You're above ground. You got options. Go out and choose your happy life. Meg, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for your message and just thank you for giving your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Jen. You're a delight. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast. I loved that conversation with Meg and her message, where you are is the perfect place to start, is a message that I think you need to write down on a post-it note to remind yourself that when you're struggling, this is just another opportunity to begin again. I truly hope you feel inspired and empowered. And if you know someone that could benefit from this, share this message with them. And if you're looking for a new starting point, maybe it's a way to approach your leadership challenges. Right now is the perfect time to invest in yourself. We at Crosscom would love to help give you the tools that you need to be successful and be your best. Head on over to Crosscom.com and there you can learn more about the leadership skills offerings that we have. We're committed to your success and would love the opportunity to help. And of course, if you enjoyed this week's episode of the podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.